We present Tarry Flynn by Patrick Kavanagh, a radio version of the stage play by P.J. O'Connor, with Donald McCann as Tarry and Peg Monaghan as his mother. The play is directed by Tim Danner. Tarry Flynn. Wonder what Gabby Guts has to see for herself. You're not up the new place, Mrs. Flynn. There's time now. You've got a good bargain in it. I gave the full value for it then, I, if I knew Anton. I was glad the way it gave the drop to them smart Cassidy's. You see, Mrs. Raging. They can all go to hell. Your new next-door neighbour is lippin' mad. What'd be the matter with you, Finnegan, at all, at all? What'd be the matter with him, is it? After buying the Carlin's place over his head. Pity about him. He was roaring drunk in Joe McGann's last night, threatening I'm told to make it hot and heavy for the Flynn's. Well, who much did he say all this to? You're the man's mad. Anyway, it's only what I heard. Bad luck to Joe Finnegan, himself and his five pretty washers. I'll fence the gap twixt us and Finnegan's the day I found the bill hook. You heard Garby Guts? Aye. Let's just let Joe Finnegan open his gob and I'll break his neck with this. That's the very thing you mustn't do. That's just what some of these cute customers like Eusebius would like. The best thing would be not to go up at all the day, afraid of the worst. Wait till tomorrow, the fair is sheer cock, for Joe's likely to be there. You can fence the gaps on the march between us and him when there's no one about. The easy way's the best. Oh, a man has to take the bull by the horns sometimes and tell you I'm the man that will. That's foolish talk. I don't give a damn. I'll cut the head of him if he opens his gob. I'm the man that will. I hear the Flynn girls are after coming home from Loch Derg. Aye, they're home. Old crooked Petey may come to scratch now. If I was a man, I wouldn't marry her if her backside was studded with diamonds. Petey and her as well met, Molly. They are. I thought I saw young Flynn over in the hayfield. A terrible listener, that fella. There's nobody. Oh, ho, 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 Chuck, chuck, chuck. Oh, mad for a man. I know with a jib of her. And I thought of the wasp's nest in the bank and how I got chased one day, leaving the drag and the scraw knife behind. How I covered my face with hay. Mom, that's a dousing job. Oh, Molly. Half a hard time. Do you know what it is? If about six inches was taken off the bottom there at the cutting it, it lowered the bog, you could nearly plough it. Only trouble is you get no one to help you, and where you'd do it yourself, they'd hardly give you credit for it. The McCardles object, saying that the drink for their cattle runs dry when the drain is closed. That's the kind of people in the country, Tarry. Well, you know what it is. I'm dead with the drought. <laughs> and a feeling in your head for the one to be cured. <laughs> yeah, sit down for a while. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, soul, sit down, Molly. Deed and I won't. There's nothing for you but the swanks. The Rileys. 
Damn it, son. Yeah, give us a kiss. We are now in the yard behind Flynn's kitchen. Petey Megan and Charlie Trainer, the matchmaker, listen outside the kitchen door. There's your chance, Petey. She's on her lonesome. Uh, 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 here you have a fella from the town these days, Mary. Shut up, you jackie. A real good sign, Petey, a real good sign. Couldn't you be decent for once, you whipster? And another thing, don't be always going down the road or you'll get a bad name. Petey, you mustn't mind these young ones. They have no sense. How's your turnips doing? I'm afraid, I'm afraid how's... You're welcome, Charlie. I'm obliged to you, ma'am. Come on in. I'm just putting the kettle on. We'll have a drop of tea. Maybe we'll all have a drop of something stronger than tea, Mrs Flynn. A drop of the crater, eh? Look, a bottle of malt is yet untouched by the hand or mouth of man. Oh, so that's the way of it, is it? Aye, oh, that's, that's the way. Petey here is none of your fly-the-kites, Mrs Flynn. He could go where there's more money, but he's not looking for money. Good men aren't got on the tops of the bushes these days. He has 14 acres of what you may call good land, with a drink in every field. He doesn't owe a penny piece to any man. He only lives across the hill, and if ever you wanted to turn done, you wouldn't be stuck. Ah, well, it's as good a take as any girl could want in these hard times. Or in any times. Whatever you say. Now, what's the use of talking? Can I make her marry the man? Well, it won't stop her growing, whatever. Mind, I'm not saying she's old, but it's time she was getting a man. I don't want to make little of any woman's daughter, but I'm nice saying what's right. What are you going to do about it? What can I do about it? Surely you can drive in the heifer? Like old hell I can drive her in. Yeah, so that's the way. Come home to hell then, Charlie. And bring the malt with you. There's devil a much change out of Petey. He keeps his mouth as tight shut as a crow's bottom. A slack gilding. A devil a woman he'll ever take now. Aggie! Aggie! What the devil do you want now? Here, put down a couple of more eggs for Tarry. Sure, tears only God's amount. Give us a damn hammer a couple more do them and they plentiful. Go on now and throw them on, the boy working hard. God above and only at the bare one egg that was only like a cock's egg. And it's plenty for you. Keep you from going madder for the men. Men, men, men. There's nothing in your grey old head but the man. You'd nearly take a man yourself. And I'd try to get a man quicker than any of you, as old as I am. I would, I. <laughs> Divin' a good lot, dear, did you? Oh, look at her now, with a club laughing in her face. Three lovely daughters. And if the Lord hasn't said it, they'll be stuck like a blind in me window all the days of me life. <sighs> you were born at mealtimes. Who were you home with? Oh, nobody at all. Don't forget to clean that drink for the cattle in the loo, please. There was a green scum and there was a total dread the time I saw it. Aye. And you might clean out them hen houses and whitewash the roosts. The roosts should be whitewashed once a week in the summer. Aye, is there anything to eat at all? Hail your horses, the day's young, yeah. I had a mind to ask you to go to the town the day, Tarry. Good God. 
Well, there's things to be got. Maybe you'll get confession. The missioners are here in the day. Yeah. Well, I'll make a list of what's wanting. Above all, don't forget the salt I want for the churn. No fear of me to forget. I wish I could say that. Last time I sent you for it, you forgot. You forget your head only it's tied to you. And another thing. If you meet one of them missioners, as you're likely to do as they do be out walking the roads, be nice to him. Don't be carrying on with this nonsensical talk you do be at sometimes. Now I'll hear if you say anything. Lord God, but you're the innocent woman. Do you think I'd start to talk philosophy to every old cod I'd meet? Old cod! Old cod! Dear, oh dear, oh dear. How is it you weren't offered one of them old collecting jobs in the chapel like you see, Bias Terry? I sent word to Father Marky not to give me out. You're sure there's nothing else? Sure, what else could there be? You were talking to the missionary here. Aye. What the devil's father did you say to him? Not one thing. We'd be the talk of the country, like the Carolins. Hurry up now and fence the gaps between us and the Finnegan so that we can put the cattle on it. It's time Joe Finnegan was taught a lesson, the greedy dog. We are now near the fence, which divides Flynn's new farm from that of Joe Finnegan. Tarry is cutting the bushes with the billhook. On the far side of the fence, Joe Finnegan and his wife Maggie are watching him. Bloody pack of foreigners! Bloody pack of foreigners! I'll break his bloody neck! Oh, Joe, be careful, for you know as well as where that that man isn't like an order. My lovely bushes! The bloody foreigners! If that man was to drive the billhook in you, there wouldn't be a thing done to him. Look out for yourself, for he's not square. I'll make him square, Maggie. I'll drive this grape to the handling. Oh, don't take the grape, Joe. Don't give him the chance to let your guts out. With the sweet living God, he's not going to cut my bushes, Maggie. Be the living God, eh? No, Joe, no. He's a man of heart. He'll rip you from skull to navel. Flynn, I'm coming to get you. I will get you. What the hell do you mean, Flynn? My good big bush! I'll drive this grape to you, you... If, if you come another foot nearer, I cut the head of you. Do you hear that? I'll be the living God and... Oh, 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 is it killed you? There's blood everywhere. Oh, what happened to you at all? You murdered dead by that bloody Flynn. I told you he was a man that isn't like another. Here, this'll stop the blood till we get to the house. Up now. Up. That's it. Lean on oh, me, Joe, until aye. we reach the house. Aye. And I'll run for the police and the doctor. Aye. Come now, come. The police and the doctor. Oh, my God, I'll hear more about this. And them Finnegan's are wild. Ah, oh, the hard man, Tarry, the hard man. Any news? Devil a hip, but... Uh, I'm just going to put a lock of cabbage through the turnips, mist. Tarry, saw you here. Aye. You're fencing? Hey, sticking a few bushes and gaps, you see. Oh, good bloody idea. Lot of gaps in that hedge, all right. Uh, Joe Finnegan was hoping to make a bid for this land, it's been so adjacent. Ah, oh, well, he'd get over it, I suppose. Anyways, the fella said, you plenty of good, strong bushes to do the job. Aye. See any women lately? I was talking to May Collin last night. Oh, I see. Had she any story? Yeah, if you knew but all. Yes. Charlie followed her from the cross the other evening when she was coming home, and he tried his best to get her to come into Curly's hayfield with him. What do you think of that? Huh? Ah, you're a liar. 
Hope we can't. Charlie's a queer heart. It's a, it's a bad egg. Oh, the worst. What are you watching, Eusebius? Ah, oh, there's a few gaps there. You need to stick bushes in, Tarry. If your cattle broke into Finnegan's buds after they're sprayed, it wouldn't do any good. Right pack of savages, them Finnegan's, aren't they? Well, as good as anybody else, Eusebius, if I know anything. Oh, we got. There's Maggie now coming along the lane. Must be going somewhere. She's dressed. Oh, God knows where she's after. Oh, she has her hat on there. She's going for the priest or the doctor. Somebody's sick or dying, maybe even dead. Maggie doesn't often dress up. Think I'll slip across and see what's up. Are you coming, Harry? I know, I'll stick a few bushes in them gaps of Finnegan's. He's a very thick man. Oh, he's a hasty man, but I wouldn't say he's a thick man. Will he be along to cross the night? I mightn't, I mightn't. I mightn't, I mightn't, then. Eusebius will have it all over the parish. But you say better be first home with the news of bad luck to him anyhow in his big mouth. What's keeping that fella? Aggie couldn't see Hilter hear of him in the fields above. Where in the name of Bad news, bad news. Joe Finnegan's dying and bringing over the white quilt and the blessed candle. Oh, a coon, a coon, poor Joe's no more. What the hell ails her? Lost one of her scrawny chickens, I suppose. Now, where's Terry? Ah, there you are. Change them wet trousers and give us a hand to drive the new heifers up to Carlin's. Have a nicely patched pair of trousers on the crook beside the fire. Yeah, like deal boards with patches. Well, they'll do a turn, as Mickey Grant said about the wife. That's Dr McCabe. Where the hell's he going? No fear of you being like another and raising your cap to the doctor. Oh, you're too grand. Who the hell can be sick? That's Cassidy's commode Maggie's running home with. God only knows. Must be serious when she's burying Cassidy's commode. Must be one of the Finnegans. She was in too much of a hurry to even talk. Must have been a murder committed there. What's wrong, Larry? What's oh, oh, bad news? The brother's dying. Oh, He's my... been murdered. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a terror. Oh, isn't that terrible about poor Joe Finnegan? What happened to him? It was hurt today and he's very bad. Was it a kick from a horse or what? Oh, less said about it, maybe the better. The priest just sent for he's very bad. Terry can tell you more about it than I can. Isn't that right, Terry? Now leave me alone. Come in, Asia, that would appear of you. What in the name of God way did you come home? I sent Aggie up to see how you're getting on and she came back to tell me that Hilter here if you wasn't to be seen. And that the devil the damn fence you did. Hey, wait till you hear. Sure God, and his blessed mother knows that I'm waiting and waiting and you're the same as ever you were. No care about anything, only the curse of God boots. Hey, Aggie told you I didn't bust the gas and she didn't tell you that I was attacked and very nearly killed by Joe Finnegan. Arrow, what? Only the way I took him, it might be a different story. Joe Finnegan? So twas you that did it. You! Is this to be the end of us then? God almighty, what have I done to deserve this? A murderer for a son. We're astray. What made you do it, Terry? Me heart's broke with you, Terry. Night, noon and morning, always making little of the priest. Won't go to confession or a curse of God. Thing. I have written a turn out all right. We can oh, see. Me 
turn rushing at me like a mad bull with a grape in his Lord hand. Lord bless us, the grape! Mm. Bad luck to me, the devil trap of that big-mouthed Jew. It's no wonder he hasn't a man-child about the place. Could you better luck with his five pretty washers and the devil a son ever he'll have? What did he see? Oh, it's not what he said, it's what he did or tried to do. He came through the hedge and made at me with the grape. Now, I had to hit him. And I hit him the, the smallest little tip with my fist and he fell and that's all. I hope you're telling me the story right. For that man would swear a hole through a ten-gallon pot. If I had me way, I'd have sent Aggie up with you. And then you'd have had a witness. But no, 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 you wouldn't let her go with you. You were too much the big fella. That's the kind of you. And the book in the pocket. How will you give us a breeze? And the book in the pocket. Couldn't put in a few bushes and gaps without the book. I had no book, I tell you. I had no book. Do you hear that? Well, there's no use in talking to you, Tarry. Well, you've hurt this man somehow. He'll swear you hit him with a slashing hook. Well, he must have hurt himself when he fell on the stones. He'd like to put us out on the door. And the doctor ought to know. The doctor can't tell everything. In the name of God, we'll kneel down and see the rosary for my special intention. That Jew Fennigan was only sham sheeping on them stones. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, will open my lips. Incline to my aid, O oh God. It is three days later. We are in Joe Finnegan's field, which adjoins the Flynn's newly acquired farm. The Finnegan clan, seated on rocks, hay and harness, are rehearsing the trial of Tarry Flynn. Watching furtively from behind the adjoining hedge are Tarry and Eusebius. Uh, Joe, you stand out there. Aren't they the dirty lot? I should Joe would have played if it was in the box. Oh, this'll be good. Okay, on you go, man. I was coming quietly down with drills of potatoes to see if they were blighted. When I saw the defendant on my side of the hedge in a fighting attitude, he had a slashing hook in his hand. Now, you were afraid of the defendant, no doubt. I was terrified of him. He's a very peculiar class of a man. And, and you thought he was about to attack you? I did. You said nothing to anger him? I never opened my mouth. And he then attacked you and you tried to defend yourself? I, I, I did the best I could. Uh, Flynn is a much bigger man than you. He's a big bad man. I'd bet the breed of him in any kind of a fair fight. If you say a thing like that, you'll bet before you begin. Look, we'd better try Flan in the box before we chuck the rehearsal. Petey, get into the box. Oh, I'll do that now. Wait. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> now, your name. Ah, you're a Charlie now. You move over there and can cut the small stuff. Here, I'll, I'll cross-examine for the plaintiff. I was only trying to follow the correct procedure. The solicitor for the defendant should have the first go. Well, we know, Charlie, we know. Your God knows we've paid enough for the lesson. Aye, very well, Larry, and don't mind that fella. Right, now, you're a bit of a poet, Flynn, I believe. There's a grape, you... Wait, no. There's a grape, you in stone and weed. <laughs> Your mother bought a farm for you to keep you from the lunatic asylum. Is that the case? I meet you off a farm. What's known as a grabbing, isn't that so? <laughs> <laughs> isn't he the lousy bastard? Hold on, hold on. 
She can't pull value for you to find your aunt. <laughs> uh, would it be any harm to ask you where she got the money for to pay for it? Uh, that's a desperate, foolish question. Huh? What is? That is. Uh, why so? Uh, what the bloody hell has that got to do with Finn hitting me with the slashing hook? Do you mean business at all, Joe? I bloody well do mean well, business. it doesn't look like it to me. Ah, I have to go and lose support. Oh, my God, is the man serious oh, come on. How are you, Cassie? Well, I ain't going in here. Dance on Sunday night. Dancing is an Egypt's game. What would you say to a bunch of horses that after a hard day's work spent the night galloping and careering around the field, huh? I wouldn't dream of wasting me time at the dance. I'd love you to come. <laughs> I wouldn't bother me bloody head. Still, it's only I... an Egypt's game. Sunday night will be a big event, Tari. There's to be a concert first. I've to accompany the singers. I'd be thrilled if you were to hear me play. What the hell do I know about pianos? Then there'll be a dance. I could see you there. Indeed you could not, and don't be pretending you could. Cod. You'll probably be there all the same. I wouldn't be seen dead at that hall. See you on Sunday, Harry. Oh, my God, my God, my... What's the matter with me? Why couldn't I say the right thing? Why? Why? Oh, I'd wed you without herds, without money or rich array. And I'd wed you on a dewy morning, at day dawn grey. We are outside the dance hall at Drumney Crossroads on the night of the big concert and dance. In the shadows of the hedges, the lads have gathered to watch the girls going inside. That bloody band is damn good. <laughs> and why wouldn't it be? And it after coming from Clonus, every man jack of that band gets a pound a kick for his name. Oh, a week's wages. Here's the earned money. Here's the earned money. <laughs> oh, my hand in your drawers. Come back here with that, Terry Flynn. Talking to me, Charlie. Well, the great man has arrived at last. You're welcome, Your Honor. Won't you be after reciting a few poems for us, seeing as how we can't afford to go inside? <laughs> That's bloody mean, Charlie. Did you get it on the way, Flynn? <laughs> that strongest man who you ever seen in these parts was Paddy Huey, Tom. He threw the 16 pound shot from here to below the tunnel at McKinney's gate. <laughs> Well, the world's record's well over 50 feet, but what you say, we must hold it up, Petey. Was it the right weight, or, or did he throw it right? Huh? Throw it right! Throw it right! What the hell are you trying to come at now, yeah. Flynn? Well, maybe he did throw it that far, but he must have been a damn good man. I remember Paddy Huey, Tom. He was six feet and built accordingly. Don't be making a tale of yourself, Charlie. Did you ever see that man stripped, huh? 
chest on him be the hole is like a battle. Did Flynn say that the weight wasn't the right weight, huh? Do you know he throw the breed of you over that bloody ditch before his breakfast? But he never tried to grab anyone's piece of land. Grabbing land is a thing of the past. Now, here's where Paddy Huey Tom stood. He was here the evening he did. Hey, mister, you're going the wrong way. Shh, shh, twist the priest. How the back? Jeepers on for a show. Are you sure it was him? Absolutely. But I... I'll make some of them grabbers hop. I'll bring some of them to the milk before I'm finished. I'll bore rat holes in them and in the breed of them. Uh, leave him be tonight, Joe. Leave him be. The priest knows who's here. We'll get him again. Come on, come on. Uh, I suppose you better go right now. I uh, don't think you've heard the, the last of the Fennigan's friends. Come on now, Joe. I'm coming, I'm coming. He's coming, Peter. Charlie. Hey, we leave the grabber to his touch. Anybody outside who has the ticket must go away at once. Anyone who isn't away within five minutes will be forcibly driven off by the police. What are you doing here? Did I not tell you to get away? I'm waiting for somebody, Father. Oh, Flynn. You're the cause of all the trouble as usual. Flynn, I'm giving you another minute. To make yourself scarce. Now go. Go. Don't push me. I'm going. Well, now you keep going. Keep going. Who is he, Father? He's an idiot called Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> Zebis. Zebis. Tari, what the? Who, who's inside, Zebis? All the boys, all the boys. Hey, but what women? The usual. Here, have a fight. No, wait lay here. Well, take one of these cans of water and you can snaffle your way in. I wouldn't chance it. Marky's there, he'd only go for me. Ah, he'd be going off with the money shortly and you can get in when he's away. Do you know what? I, I'm looking for you all night. Oh, God, these swanks drink the devil's mounted hay. Where did you go? Uh, maybe I should go home expecting a cow to calve. Uh, what the hell are he's on you? She'll take no heart. I'd better be sure than sorry, Zavius. Uh, any cow will calve on her own. I don't know. I don't know. Here, give me one of them cans, whatever. What's the damage going in at this hour? Well, the dance is an extra half dollar. Oh, Jeebus. I've only two and two. Zavius... I wonder, could you lend us fourpence till tomorrow? Oh, I gave the last tape you had for fags going in. You ought to throw them to two and two. It's good enough for them. That only give them a chance to laugh at me. Well, if I had it, you'd get it, Harry. You know that. I know that. Uh, oh, a few nice bullin' heifers in there, right enough. Is Mary Riley still playing the piano? Oh, not at all. She was only playing at the concert. She's up dancing now. I don't suppose she'd wait for long, though. Why? Ah, oh, nothing. Oh, a lot of swanks won't wait, you know. But if I had that extra fourpence... You'll keep your good two shillings. Here, give me back the can. There'll be much dancing there'll be anyway. Hardly worthwhile. Uh, that's what I do. Keep the good two shillings. What the blackboard whistle to Paddy McNamee was right. Have it or do without it.
The summer night has a smile of light as she sits on her sapphire throne. I tell you. Strongest man I've ever seen in these parts. Was Paddy Huey's heart? Aye, six foot four and built according, Petey. Mary, wet the tea and fill up the teapot. You're a fine cut of a man yourself, Petey. Oh, that's the way. That's the way. You would think it's a crying shame for a fine strapping man to be sleeping on his own. Oh, that, that's the way. That, that's the way. Especially when there's no need for it. It's time you were getting yourself away from it. Tis, tis, that's the way. Hey. But God, here's the very woman now. What do you say, Mary? I wouldn't take him if his bottom was paved with diamonds. <laughs> Ma'am, this'll be the dearest cow that ever calved about your place. You lose one of your daughters over it. But the Lord, Harry, there's a man there now. And wouldn't anyone know he has the heat of marriage in him? <laughs> Mary, run out and see if that cow is all right. I don't want her to eat her cleanings. It's Harry. If she wants to get married, the devil the bit of me will stop her. Now, Petey, it's up to you. That's the way. That's the way. Before the girl comes in, what do you say, Petey? Well, if I had my head cut and the house to open me, I don't know it down, but I might take an off. Ah, now, none of this hunger sliding, Petey. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Damn it, after all, it's coming up to the time for you to be making a move. I'm not saying you're past yourself yet, but at the same time, it's coming up to the time. That's the way, that's the way. You wouldn't send her away empty-handed, Mary. If she was getting a good man, she'd be well-treated. Now, Petey. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you much... You got it all over and then too late. Oh, huh? it's you that's the good son. That the cow had like to be lost in the cavern with not a man about the place. Only for the good neighbours here, I don't know what I'd do. Uh, we'd as well be mooching off. But you watch your hurry. Here's Mary now. And the job's done. Time for any decent man to be shot on. Were you thinking things over, Mary? I wouldn't have that fella if he was 30 years younger. And that wouldn't be so very young. Now, Mary, you're the, the fiddle. You poor fool. It's the last sacrament you ought to be thinking of. You and your 50. You're not trusting the 70. It's a long road, there's not a turn on. A short one, there's not a cow dung on. Uh, come on, Charlie. Uh, thank you kindly, man. That for your trouble, Charlie. Oh, thanks be to God. I never felt in such good form. I don't know so much about that. You know well. That's not his age either, old as he is. There's something unnatural about that man. And what do you mean to do? You all can't hang around this place. You might be glad of him yet. God. God, God. Hello. Hello, Terry. How'd you get in here? 
I climbed to the bushes at the top. You know, don't sit down there. You put the cock to the hollow. If you want to sit at all, sit in the hillside of it. My mother asked me to ask you if you could lend us the rake to gather up the bog bedding that we got cut last week. Yeah. Well, I couldn't give you the good American rake, Molly. But there's the thick set wire toothed one at home if it'd be any use to you. Oh, that'll do fine. Yeah. Terry? Hey. I'm going away. What the hell are you doing that for? Aren't I as well? There's nothing for a, a lassie in these parts. Do you remember that evening we were together up on the Owl Road, Terry? What evening? You know well, Terry. I don't know what you're talking about. I just don't know what you're talking about. I do know that you were out one or two nights with Charlie, but you were never out with me. Oh, merciful God. What's to become of me now? It's you that's the darling boy. What carry-on had you at the cross the other evening? Me? You attacked the priest. What did take a priest up at the cross? Oh, this is more of it. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he's coming again in the morning, and I hope you have a good excuse for him, that there's nobody like you. Eh, indeed. Well, Terry, Mary went into town the day to see the solicitor. Well... He promised Mary a shop in the main street of Shercock and they'll have the eating house going before the fair day after next. Grapes. Another thing, Terry. Keep away from that slob of a Brady one. I do be hearing things about her. God protect everyone's rearing. And last Sunday, Bridget McArdle was telling me that she's a peculiar class of a girl. Charlie Trainer does be coming about Brady's house. And I'd keep away if I was you. <laughs> and you always praising them. Never you mind. Keep away from that breedy party. It's dangerous to throw a pair of trousers at some women. In a hundred years from now, the only thing that'll ever be remembered about this savage area is that I lived here a while among the pigs. Sure, I wouldn't prevent you bringing in a woman here. And I wouldn't be too stiff about the money either. There's no one in the parish cares less for money than I do, or would more like to see you with your pockets full when you went out, as long as you wouldn't spend it. I like you to have money in your pocket, not to be smoking and wasting it in old books. If the Lord spared us all, you could have your nice pony and trap to bring us to Mass of a Sunday. And the devil take the beggars. Wouldn't have to be looking at them galloping past me the way they do. Mind you, I wouldn't say a hatred to the odd little read of the books, as long as you didn't make a meal of them. This place'll be empty shortly. These pair are going to Shercock next Wednesday. And in here again, they'll never show their noses if I can help it. You could keep a pair of horses and a pony all the year round. Oh, it's you could tell them all to kiss your tail.
Don't mind your dubious. Ah, do you think will it hold out? I think so. Anything strange in your service, Eusebius? Oh, of course, the garden of Hepat, Harry. But you haven't something yourself. Well, you hear something? No. I had a mind to draw in the head tomorrow. Oh, nothing like it, Harry. My God, I have a kind of notion you heard something funny. Don't be so bloody close. Go and tell the fella. Huh? You heard something. <laughs> don't you know very well, I tell you, if I heard anything, Eusebius? Don't you know that? Uh, am I? Yeah, well, it's hardly worth me while telling you. I was only thinking I... I was thinking you might have heard something about the Brady one. She wasn't seen at Mass this past month, and, and people are talking, do you see? Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is... Some people are trying to say that I was seen with her. Wouldn't that make you laugh, huh? Wouldn't that make you laugh, Eusebius, wouldn't it? They say the woman's word is law. Not always, Eusebius. Remember that case was reported in the Anglo-Celt? was the man's word that was taken. Huh? I'll fight it to the last ditch. I'll fight it. Well, what else would you do? You'll need to get a first-class man. I know some of the young fellas, Eusebius. They wouldn't be so dear. Take my advice and get a first-class man. I could tell you your best plan when we... I don't know enough about the case, Harry. Hmm? There's no use in making up lies, you know. Yes, she can go to hell backwards. They can get nothing off of me. You can't take feathers off a frog, huh? You have carolins? Yeah, maybe I have. Do you know what I was thinking, Eusebius? What? I was thinking of chucking the whole damn thing. Chucking what? Drumney. You're my ass. I am. Then you can have all the women to yourself and all the land as well. I don't give a tuppenny damn for the whole thing. Ah, I may see you later today. On an apple ripe September morning. Through the mist-chill fields I went, with a pitchfork on my shoulder, less for use than for divilment. The thrashing mill was set up I knew in Cassidy's haggard last night, and we owed them a day at the thrashing since last year. Oh, it was delight to be paying bills of laughter and chaffy gossip in kind, with work thrown in to ballast. The fantasy soaring mind. The wet leaves of the cock's foot polished my boots as I went round by the glistening bog holes, lost in unthinking joy. I'll be carrying bags today, amused, the best job at the mill, with plenty of time to talk of our loves as we wait for the bags to fill. Maybe Mary might call round. And then I came to the haggard gate, and I knew as I entered that I had come through fields that were part of no earthly estate.
Pet Harry. What talk with you? His name's all over the country with Molly. He never had a haper to do with the Tarja Brady Whipster. How dare you <laughs> say he had? <laughs> choke you and double choke you and never leave a hand on the trollop. We've not enough trouble with you putting in your cutty. What the devil's wrong, Harry? Eh, what in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost did you to do with this Molly one? I never went near her in my whole life. Never had a day's comfort in my life. Never a day I hadn't some misfortune to contend with. Oh, it's me, the three of the family I should be proud of. You'd be to have some curse of God carry on with her, or Mrs. Callan wouldn't have it. Sure, now it's only dawn on me. Why, old Molly hadn't a night to see me last Sunday coming from us. One that always had a little story for I me. never went near her, I tell you. Never, never, never. I wouldn't go near her if I was paid for it. You ought to know that. There's a letter on the dresser there. From the attorney, I'd say. Tell me what's in it. Well, what has the attorney to say? Speed it out, speed it out. <coughs> he says there's some trouble over the new boundaries of Carlin's holding. What's that? What's that you're saying? He says that two fields appear not to be included in the purchased holding. God, oh God, oh God. What in the earthly world are we to do at all? And you told me that you saw the map and knew everything. Hey, you know what matter? What matter, he says, what matter? Soon you'll know what matter, and the money paid. I was better dead and in the graveyard than had to put up with this. Oh, it's me that's to be pitied if ever a woman was to be pitied. Ah, don't, 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 don't. What matter, what matter? I was better dead and buried a thousand times better the good money. Worse. Keep your distance, grabber friend. I'll put the grains of this grape into your guts if you put a foot inside my fields. Well, how am I going to get the cattle to the drink? Go round the lane, the way that any decent man would go. Oh, you won't trespass on my good fields, friend. Grabber, cutin' all of you are. You walked into it, you and your attorney walked into it with your eyes open. <laughs> Father, Son and Holy Ghost, where are you going in the good Sue's? As far as the village. And with the good Sue's? You're wearing the good Sue's? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where the devil did I put me, Cap? You're nice, sweet place. You're strong farm. You're leaving. Leaving your wee room for your writing. Your room for your writing. God help me. And every mother.
That was Terry Flynn by Patrick Kavanagh, a radio version of the stage play by P.J. O'Connor. Terry Flynn was played by Donald McCann, Mrs. Flynn, his mother, by Peg Monahan, his sisters Mary, Bridie and Aggie by Colette Proctor, Kate Minogue and Celia Salkeld. Mary Riley was Marcella O'Reardon and Eusebius Cassidy, Jan Duan. Father Markey was played by Seamus Ford, Petey Megan, Peter Dix, Joe Finnegan, Brendan Caldwell, and Maggie Finnegan by Deirdre O'Mara. Larry Finnegan was played by Jonathan Ryan, Charlie Trainer, Brian O'Higgins, Mrs. Callan, Daphne Carroll, Molly Brady, Catherine Brennan, and the narrator was Daniel Reardon. The play was directed by Tim Danaher. rta.ie forward slash drama on one.